Hello, everyone, and happy Wednesday. We're coming to you on a Wednesday, so a little bit different. And uh, one of the reasons that we're doing that is because sometimes technology is great, but other times it can be a pain in the you-know-what. So we are Movies to be Murdered by, and I'm Jeff Watson, joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Jesse Drew. Jesse, how are you today? I'm good. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Finally, uh, happy that I've worked out the technology issues. And, um, you know, we, we wanted to make sure because we had an episode that we, that we recorded, but we want to make sure that we always give our listeners good quality. And honestly, I just didn't feel comfortable putting out what we had before because it just wasn't great quality. And um, so, yeah, we're, we're coming back with something different uh, today and I'm doing good because of that. Wonderful. I think we can all respect that, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that. yeah I, I hope so. And again, you know, I apologize for us not getting it, getting an episode out on Friday. But, you know, definitely uh, excited to be able to bring this this review to everyone. And, um, I, you know what? I'm just going to shut up because this movie and I'm not even <laughs> going to say it. I'm not even going to say it until you start reviewing it. But this movie was so awesome and such a <laughs> hidden gem that I'm just so pumped up to be able to talk about it. So with with me shutting up now, Jesse, you take it over and tell people what we watched and uh, give us a summary. Will do. Um, hi, everybody. I want to tell you, um, first of all, yes, also thank you for... Um, for being patient with us. Jeff is 100% right. Personally, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I do not like to hear um, really poor sound quality. So we're always striving to do our best here for you guys. And uh, we appreciate that. Um, and we would like to celebrate. Today is uh, the last episode of season one of Movies to be Murdered by. Ta-da! Um, we are on, this is episode 20. And we are going to be talking about Shrunken Heads, 1994's Shrunken Heads, put out by Full Moon Features. I believe it was their first feature film, um, directed by Richard Elfman of, yes, that Elfman family. Um, the budget for this was about 800K to a mil, um, is what I, what I was able to dig up. Um, it was a direct-to-video release. And um, boy, this movie couldn't be more fun. Uh, as Jeff said, it, it is a total hidden gem and we're really psyched to uh, chat all things Shrunken Heads with you today. I can't believe I didn't, I didn't know about this movie. Uh, 1994, I was 14. That was, that was kind of a, you know, big year. So, uh, anyway, so. <laughs> Shout out to any of you if you knew about this movie before today, um, because yeah, you deserve you definitely deserve a props. So, Shrunken Heads um, tells the story of three boys um, from a New York City neighborhood. Um, it was filmed in California, so <laughs> it doesn't look anything like New York City, but okay. Um, 
and let me just start by saying I'm I'm I promise I'll keep the commentary to a minimum during the recap. But I I do have to say this movie is it's like it's one of those movies that's like bad but good. You know, we all know those movies are so bad they're good, but except it's like not so bad. You know, it it is ridiculous in some parts, but it's amazing also. So all right, so it tells the story of three boys in a New York City neighborhood who um, are friends and they like to read comic books. They are just, you know, normal everyday kids. Um, they go to Mr. Sumatra's newspaper stand um, where they get their comic books for the week and um, one of the boys gets his jelly beans and Mr. Sumatra always gives him extra candy. It's a very nice little relationship. Like they're the kids, you know, around the block. Um, unfortunately, there are also um, a gang called the Vipers. And yes, they do wear t-shirts that say the Vipers on them. And they constantly bully these three boys who probably are about 12 to 13 years old, I'm guessing. Um, no older than 14, no way. Um, so they bully them, they beat them up, um, but the boys are getting kind of tired, led by Tommy of the three. Tommy is sort of like the one who's got the most angst about the situation with the bullies and with bringing them down. Um, there is a girl named Sally who dates the leader of the Vipers, um, but is increasingly unhappy with their behavior towards these three boys and ends up like breaking up with the lead the lead you know guy and he she ends up um liking tommy and they kiss they have a moment on you know the um what are those called jeff like the the little oh my i can't believe the the fire the fire not fire escape the fire escape the fire, is not no yeah um, like the I forget what they're called, and I'm from yeah. New York. <laughs> um, anyway, um, the ladders and stuff that are like outside the windows of New York City apartment buildings. But um, um, they have like you know a little kid romantic kiss, and they um, Tommy records the Vipers, um, you know, stripping one of their neighbors' cars for parts. He presents to the police officers in front of the gang. He's very proud of himself. And the other two boys are more nervous. They don't want, they don't want to keep getting beat up and, you know, uh, bothered by the Vipers. Um, the head Viper is in cahoots with the local mob boss, Big Mo, played um, by Meg Foster. Um, she plays... It's just, which is a props to them. She plays a, a trans, a trans man, um, with a with like you know a mall and everything, a girlfriend, um, and she is giving out the orders. Um, Tommy and his friends steal bags of the betting tickets that they collect from people, thereby messing up her business badly. Um, so. Or she's calling him a he. I don't know. They call her a she in the movie, but they really should be calling her a he because 
she is, you know, she dresses as a man and, and poses as, not poses, but she's identifies as a man. So, um, okay, so Big Mo uh, then, you know, tells the lead viper to take care of those kids. And he's like, even he's like, you know, they're just like little kids. Like, you really, you really want me to like take care, care of them? Like, you know, like kill them? And uh, Big Mo's like, yeah, take care of this problem. And, and if you do, you can be my right hand person. So he's like, okay, like with the, with the promise of, you know, scoring a position in Big Mo's, in Big Mo's, you know, family. Um, goes out with the other vipers and basically executes <laughs> like it's like it's straight up execution style murder of these three like 12 year old boys they just open fire with like you know like shotguns and guns like and just kill them and then okay so that's done and you know it's a tragedy and they have the funeral and all the while, Mr. Sumatra, the newspaper person, I'm sorry, the newspaper um, stand owner, he is kind of like watching everything with like a, like a quiet eye, but like a very observant. It's been mentioned that he is into like the dark arts, you know, that, that they're, I don't know if they specifically say voodoo or not, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's basically known that like, and also known that he was part of the police squad um, in Haiti um, that was, you know, that if you look up was like under Papa Doc's regime, which is nuts. So um, he describes how like violent that police, you know, that police squad was. And he, you know, gives off the impression about, you know, magic and stuff at one point he blows dust at the vipers and they get into a car accident so <clears throat> so he's obviously distressed and upset by the murder of the the murders of these three young men and he and sally sort of befriend each other in their grief and mr sumatra returns to the morgue after the funerals and cuts the heads off of the boys and takes them back to his apartment and basically begins the process of shrinking their heads. Um, he, he's able to do that. He is able after, uh, he, he trains them. He, they, be, they wake up, he, he trains them to pursue vengeance on enemies. Um, we find out later that they're also out to kill any any like wrongdoers or bad guys in the neighborhood and the funny the funny twist is that they will kill uh the heads will they can fly by the way um they fly they, they see wrongdoing they kill the bad guys and then the bad guys be, turn into zombies who want to do good deeds in the neighborhood so you see them doing things like cleaning up graffiti and planting gardens and <laughs> cleaning up like trash and litter um, so, but really they're, they're, you know, Mr. Sumatra has, has taught them and trained them for about a year, it says, because it says like about a year later after their murders, um, they begin to take down the vipers one by one, 
pretty gruesome. They are able to uh, get to the leader and the leader gets so freaked out. Um, he goes to Big Mo and, you know, insists that there are these three shrunken heads like coming after him. They all think he's nuts until Mr. Sumatra shows up at like the mob at like the mob hideaway and uh, kills one of them. Um, not before Big Mo gets a shot at Mr. Sumatra, shoots him in the gut. He's still standing and they take uh, they take Big Mo and Big Mo's girlfriend, the leader of the Vipers. Sally is there. Um, she's now like the high priestess of, you know, like this ritual um, that they have going on. And they basically are able to take down Big Mo and the leader of the Vipers, turning them into um, killing them turning them into zombies. Um, Sally um, is able to sort of like reconnect with Tommy and tells him that she loves him and she should have told him when he was still alive. Um, and, you know, basically, Mr. Sumatra lets her know that she's the, now she's the high priestess. He's giving the heads, like the shrunken heads to her to be in her care and to, you know, continue their work um, together with them. Um, and then if you stick around through the credits, there's a singer scene. Um, you get to see the ex-girlfriend of Big Mo. I don't remember her name. And she is now with, like, she's, you see her, like, kind of kicking it with another woman and they like bump into you see her scream because they bump into the zombies of Big Mo and the head viper who are there like wiping off graffiti off the wall or something. So that's your big singer scene. And in a nutshell, that is Shrunken Heads. Uh, Jeff, I would like to know all of your thoughts on this movie. <laughs> so much to unpack with this movie but it does move along at a nice clip so yeah i first off you know kind of behind the scenes talks here but when you sent me the trailer for it i watched the trailer and i when i first saw that you sent it to me i was like oh my goodness what is this and <laughs> you were like watch it and you know, you just <laughs> yeah. gave me this LOL, and so I watched the trailer, and I'm like, okay, I've got to get, I've got to get this in my life. How how do I see this movie? <laughs> and <laughs> so it's currently on Tubi, and you know, I, yeah, it, <laughs> the movie's just awesome um, because there are so many things that are over the top and silly, but it's done in a way where it doesn't take away from the story it actually adds in ways to it and it gives you that you know that comedic relief that you need with some of the things going on i mean think about it you said this in your summary you know three young kids got gunned down <laughs> in in this movie and that's not a light subject that's a pretty heavy subject mm -hmm. and 
the way that it was done because of all of the other comedic elements i mean it it came across you know as well as it could given the subject matter but i just i just thought that the characters i really got a kick out of a uh, big mo because yeah. it was this whole situation of you know we're we're in the 90s at this point but big mo felt very much like a 70s crime boss yeah. you know and i i just i really love that um mr sumatra i thought was uh brilliantly creepy in ways um because who just goes around saying okay i'm gonna keep my eye on these kids so one day they can get their revenge on these you know horrible people that killed them so um no i just thought the movie was really good i mean it's one of those b horror movies that you know you you hear about you know straight to video or straight to dvd or you know in our case today you know straight to streaming services and like ah, you know it's probably not going to be very good but honestly this was pretty darn good and it i mean it was good horror elements good comedy and a good story all all wrapped into this one movie totally agree everything you said everything you said they the the filmmakers and the screenwriter definitely handled the movie um it's like you never you're never quite sure like you know that they're you know that they must know that some things are kind of funny, you know, mm -hmm. but maybe they do think that other parts that we find funny are actually serious, you know, and this yeah. movie doesn't even make like, it doesn't even care to like make the distinction between either. It's kind of, I feel like this movie's filmmakers and, and screenwriters and producers were like, cool. If they laugh at it, awesome. If they don't laugh at it and they're scared, even better, but we're happy either way. That, that's yep. kind of like, I, I feel like that's the attitude of the movie. Um, like the kids definitely feel like um, they're making, they're like making a difference in their neighborhood by, you know, by taking on the Vipers, you know, being very, but they're very naive. And then you have characters like Mr. Sumatra who are, you know, they're watching everything, knowing like what's going to go down likely. Um I could have, uh, one criticism I have, I could have used, like, less, like, um, the the girl in the movie, Sally, um, who is, like, the love interest, um, I think they say that she hasn't even turned 15 yet, and she's really sexualized in this movie. Like, yeah. every scene, every scene that she's in, she's wearing a crop top, like, and, like, very, like, close to her chest crop top like where her entire stomach is showing um she's always in full makeup and just really kind of like you know just you know she's she's like kind of like sexies up to tommy after she breaks up with the other guy um so i'm not i, I just wasn't i don't know i just felt like they could have given her a little bit more clothing maybe <laughs> like, yeah and a little bit you know more she's supposed to be a kid you know what i mean like let her i know that i i remember the 90s very well and i was 14 in the 90s at this time when they were recording this and i was also i want to be a you know a big girl and and do the things that big girls do and dress you know pretty and you know stuff and 
but I don't know. I just kind of wish that um, that had been toned down a little bit. Um, but um, but yeah, but another, I don't think that they, you know, and, and this is me, you know, I'm not Haitian. So I, I'm just, you know, a non-Haitian perspective. But like, you know, looking back on it, I don't think that they did anything too wrong on Mr. Sumatra's character either. They didn't make it too hokey. Like, ooh, voodoo priest is scary, you know, like, it was, like, besides, like, the incantations, which I don't think that those, you know, but I think that was just gibberish that he was talking, like, they, they kind of treated his character, like, out of everybody's in the, in the movie, like, with the most respect. Um, yeah. Because I was kind of watching for that, too, you know, and the stuff that he had in his apartment and everything, all of the tools and you know, like the the uh, the dead animals, like that's actually you know pretty pretty accurate. From I've been studying voodoo this summer. Um, you know, I'm no expert, but I but I have been reading up on it. Um, I've read a couple of books on it, and I watched a documentary um, made by someone who comes from an area in Africa where one of the genesis of voodoo. And um, it didn't seem too far off. It seemed kind of pretty accurate. So um, I guess props to the movie for not being too campy about that. Um, the director was Richard Elfman, who is Danny Elfman's brother. And Danny Elfman, for the few of you who might you know, not know, is um, basically Tim Burton's right-hand man when it comes to music. He scores, I think, all of his movies. Um, he also was an... Uh, kind of like an underground um, band called Oingo Boingo in the 80s and 90s. Um, he's married to Bridget Fonda. Um, he's, he's, you know, he's kind of the man. He's really super talented. His scores are, you know, like you can pick out a Danny Elfman score very easily and they're always beautiful. Um, and his brother, uh, the director of this movie, I don't know if his brother had anything to do with, he must have approved like the, the publicity and marketing for this movie because good Lord, Jeff, I don't know if you noticed, it's like everywhere is like, you know, the brother of Danny Elfman and the, of, you know, Danny yeah. Elfman and Danny Elfman. And I was like, okay, I get it. Like they're brothers. <laughs> um, <laughs> Danny Elfman did do the main title music for this movie. Um, and they did use an Oingo Boingo song um, towards the end, which was a lot of fun to hear. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a big fan. I just know some of their songs and I like them. And so it was fun to hear when it, when it kicked up um, towards the end, I was like, Oh, this is fun. This, I think this is one of Oingo Boingo songs. And it was, um, but there's, um, there are, I, there, it just, there's, Many Elfmans worked on this movie, and um, actors, directors, <laughs> music, and other yeah. stunt doubles. I counted six through the credits. <laughs> there were six Elfmans. <laughs> six Elfmans worked on this film. Um, so okay, it's just I just had to point that out because it was just so kind of gross. Just seeing everything had like Danny Elfman's name mentioned like 400 times because let's just get as much 
let's just milk it for everything we've got. And I was yeah. like, this dude, this dude Richard just really needs to stay. He's done a lot of stuff in his life. I looked him up. He's they're older, you know, they're like this guy is like 70 now. And he did a lot of like theater. He owned his own stores. He did he's done a whole lot. He's got like, you know, there's no need to lean on this Danny Elfman thing so much. But anyway, um yeah, um, I also wanted to uh, mention that one of Richard Elfman's aliases, because he used aliases early in his career, I don't, just because, like, just because he was, they were doing, like, wacky stuff, um, is Sumatra. So he named Mr. Sumatra mm. after himself. Yeah, which is kind of weird, I thought, but okay. At least I was like, at least he's not naming him after the coffee, you know, the, the coffee bean. True. Like, that's that's what I thought. I was like, wow, I don't know how I feel about that. Is that supposed to be a hidden, like, and then I was like, oh, okay, this dude, like, used to go by the name of Sumatra himself, so he's just trying to shove it into the movie. Um, any things, are, were there any, were there any things that kind of stood out to you, but, like, not in a good way? Jeff, about about the film or throughout the film. Um, you know what you said about Sally's character was was what I had probably the most issue with because, you know, she's young, she's fifteen, you know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, somewhere in that range, and they just re I mean, they really sexualize her character a great deal, and even. Even when uh, Mr. Sumatra was talking to her yeah. about the ritual and everything and the way that he asked her if she was a virgin or not. Um, and then after she said no, and then he, you know, says, well, anyone that it was like, OK, wow, this is like, you know, this is pretty over the top. This part of it is. Um you know, and and the way she was dressed, and you know the relationship with, um, you know the leader of the Vipers. I, I forget, um, I forget exactly what he said to her, but he was trying, you know, trying to get her to have sex, and she said, "I'm not ready." Um, but yeah, it it was that was the one part that I was just kind of I felt uncomfortable about because, you know, like even when she put on that, you know, the the gown. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's not a gown for a 15, 16 year old girl. No, and, no. Um, you know, it was very, very revealing. Um, so it was, you know, I was just, I was a little put off by that. And then the, the way that Mr. Sumatra brought up the whole, you know, virgin thing, I, I was just like, eh, that, that's a little, that's a little uncomfortable. But I mean, that's really the only, that's one of the only criticisms I have. If there's if there's another, um, the other is I guess it's kind of tied in. But the other one is when Tommy's like, you know, we we can embrace one, you know, one more time, and it's like, okay, where's this going? And yeah, he just flies into her shirt, and yeah, it's like, oh, okay. I mean, is, are you a perv? You know, as a shrunken head now, you know, are yeah, you trying to? what was going on under her shirt either and I was like what the hell's yeah. going on like oh my yeah. god 
Like, I mean, <laughs> like, what in the world are you doing under that shirt? I don't want to know, but I kind of do because I, I want to know, you know, how I should judge you in this how moment. How bad so, is this? Like, yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's that's really the only criticism I have. I mean, you know, I know some people may look at it and be like, oh, man, it's kind of cheesy. Well, I mean, that's kind of the point. It's a B-horror movie. It was made in the 90s. So, I mean, you, that's kind of to be expected from that time period. But, you know, I, other than those few things, and honestly, the the whole execution of the boys, um, like it was the way that it was done after the fact was okay. I wish they had maybe found another way to kill them other than just like shooting them up because it's like, okay, where's everybody? Because it's not like they just shot one time and hit all three guys with one bullet. I mean, they, they were, you know, this was a, this was a shootout, you know, a one-sided shootout. So, you know, where was everybody? <laughs> you know, I know, I know. I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, nobody here's no one's around. Like all of a sudden, you just hear like, <sighs> like and they're getting sprayed. <laughs> <Bullets>. Yeah, <laughs> like what? Like, okay, oh, man. all right. This is a um that was intense. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> I know. I mean, maybe they could have done something where they like were getting beat up, right? You, this is a classic trope, right? Like, like the 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 vulnerable, you know, characters are getting beat up, and then you know the the bullies see that there's like a huge Mack truck coming because the lights you see the lights shine on, and they run yeah. away. But the person who's beat up like can't move, and then they get hit by a car or Mack truck or something. You know, something right. like that might have been a little bit more like age appropriate. But then at the same time, like. It's kind of, a, I was like, how is this going to go down after, after, you know, <laughs> after they're like executed? Um, and thankfully, they don't show like all of the parents. They just show Tommy's dad, who looks, you know, just like he just wants to like throw himself in front of a truck, probably. But like, um, but they don't show like all of the parents and everything. They just basically show Tommy's dad, Mr. Sumatra and Sally. And like some people like making chit chat or whatever, <laughs> but, like, yeah. um, but they do show the boys in the caskets and everything, you know, which was, you know, they kind of, it kind of looked like, uh, remember that movie Heathers? Yeah. Whenever, whenever one of them, whenever one of the teenagers would die, they'd go back to that same church and it'd be kind of dark and they had all this like um, pastel colored, like um, stained glass light coming through. And it's kind of like, I felt like it was kind of like the same thing. Like, um, it actually looked nice. And I was like, wow, maybe when I die, like, that, you know, those pastel colored stained glass, maybe I should have, I should ask for that. Like, it looks really pretty. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I just, uh, I don't know. That was just a riff. I'll just take, take off on the, how crazy it was um, that they get executed. Um, and I wondered how the movie, like, how is the movie going to fare with, like, you know, the three main characters, you know, kind of gone, but they're not gone for very long. I think that that's, that that was smart. Um, they don't they don't keep them out of the movie for too long. And when they do come back, they're like they're funny looking as little heads um, and a little bit 
a little tiny bit like like creepy but like not too much so that you can still kind of like get down with like little heads flying around you know um and mr sumatra is really nice to the to the little heads he calls them like my boys right (laughs) he's just really nice to them um i just i think you know what now that i'm rethinking this besides sally's sexualization I think my other problem, though, was, like, just thinking to myself, like, well, like, I get it that, like, he's trying to help them. In his mind, he's trying to help them get vengeance because he, he's guessing, like, you know, this shouldn't go, like, unpunished and the boys will get vengeance for themselves. But, like, I kind of remember thinking, like, and obviously this is me taking the movie too seriously, but, like, I remember thinking, like, when, when we first see them as little shrunken heads, thinking like oh they should have just been like left alone to like rest in peace you know what i mean like now they're like not allowed now they're like disturbed and their their souls are disturbed and they're like back as like shrunken heads like you know and and reanimated like that sucks you know that really sucks so that that took me like all of five minutes to like process and like kind of like get over but i really didn't like that part because I felt bad because yeah. they're just little because they were just little boys. I was like, you know, but then again, that's the whole point of the movie, and so <laughs> like, okay, get over it. It's just a movie. Um. Oh, I wanted to mention, um, like, actually speaking of like Mr. Sumatra and all this stuff, the actual practice of shrunken heads, um, most most notable in. Ecuador and Peru um, was out. It was outlawed, like I don't know, like at least thirty years ago, if not more, probably more. Um, but was uh, done by a tribe, uh, and did many indigenous tribes under the the main tribe, the Hivado, and they are called Sansas. Um, they have a whole like legit they had they had I should say a whole legit practice of shrinking heads um what they what would happen um and they weren't just like trophies a lot of people think that um these tribes shrunk heads like as trophies and as like you know like kind of like declarations of like horror and and dominance but actually, the reason why they shrank heads um, has a spiritual basis. Um, what would happen is they would, you know, be like in some sort of battle, kill their enemy, and take the head, you know, uh, run their practice and all of the all of the steps to shrinking the head, um, which takes, I think, about six days total from like start to finish. Um, and then at the end of it, so they're, so the lips shut and the eyes shut of the shrunken head because they felt that the spirit of their enemy would come back and seek vengeance upon them if they didn't do that. Like the spirit was still there, like in the body. So if they could take the head and you know sew the lips and the eyes shut then there's no way that the spirit could come out and 
could be released and and take vengeance on them and kill them. So uh, that's that's why they did that. Um, whether or not how that practice, because in the movie, you know, Mr. Sumatra is not from South America. He's not from Ecuador or Peru. Um, and it's kind of, an, it's implied that it's, you know, voodoo, it's, it's part of the voodoo practice. And I didn't know if it really was or not. I, I can't remember reading or, you know, seeing anything. Um, and just the small stuff that I've read, like the summer about it. So I was looking online and somewhere I saw the only mention that it was brought down, that practice was brought down to Haiti um, from South America, where it then kind of like, you know, took off and, and, and had its own, its own, uh, its own practices begin there. Um, but I don't know that for sure. So I just want to put that out there that it's possible. Um, but I don't know for sure. So I, cause what my whole point was that I was trying to like authenticate, like, could this have actually happened in the sense that, you know, um, someone from a voodoo practice would shrink the heads and, you know, do all this. Like, is that something that would actually happen? But I, I couldn't authenticate it. So legitimately anyway. So, um, it would have been very accurate if Mr. Sumatra was from Ecuador or Peru because that those are actually like the known tribes that would do that. Um, but anyway, so um, yeah, what are your thoughts on shrunken heads, on actual shrunken heads, Jeff? Okay, so I really want to see one in person. <laughs> Me too. Uh, from a safe distance. Um, <laughs> just because I don't want anything kind of rubbing off or anything like that, but no, I, I'd really like to, uh, I'd really like to see one. I, I think is fascinating. I know you told me a good bit about some of the research that you did. So I, you know, I really, I'm intrigued and I'd like to see one in person because, um, you know, I really never, I honestly never knew that that was a, a real practice. So, um, so yeah, I'd love to see one in person, even though I know I'd be creeped out, but it's fine. I'm sure it'd be worth it. You know what? I'm, I, I agree with you, but you know what? I think I actually have seen them in person. I had to double check with, um, with Lewis, my husband, but we, first of all, I mean, we, I've, I've been to the Museum of Natural History here in New York, New York City, um, many times and, I've been to the area of the museum where they have displays and artifacts of these indigenous tribes from Ecuador. That's where my family's from. Um, I want to say that maybe they had a shrunken head there, but I'm pretty sure actually, now that I'm thinking about it, we went to the Museum of the American Indian um, down in New York City, like before, you know, before COVID, before everything happened. Um, and I saw a lot of artifacts of um, the, the indigenous tribes from all over South America, including from Ecuador. And I want to say that I did see the shrunken heads there, but I can't remember. I, I, I can't remember. Um, anywho, um, I'm, I'm guessing that I have. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to see one now again. 
um because this and like this there's like a there's like styles almost like with like how they would sew their lips up like sometimes they would like use this like yarn or or you know like thread and they would like let it hang like they wouldn't like trim it you know like you think like like how if we get stitches like the doctor would like trim the excess you know thread or whatever they would just like let it hang so it almost looks like the shrunken head has like a long beard mm. and it looks like it, it just it's like there's like different styles to them and stuff and it's interesting um actually in the movie harley quinn um uh, birds of prey um ewan mcgregor's character has some in his house mm-hmm. um and uh and shows them off to another character you know and i think he says that they're cute but anyway. <laughs> um which brings me to honorable mentions jeff honorable mentions i would like to give my first honorable mention to the ponytails <laughs> the ponytails in this movie were as you would say chef's kiss <laughs> Yes. Each of the shrunk each of the shrunken heads has a little stand up ponytail. Um and it's and they're excellent and that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> Do you have any honorable mentions that you would cuz I have a couple more. <laughs> okay. Do you have any? Well, I, I kind of mentioned I kind of mentioned one earlier, but uh Big Mo um just being like this throwback mobster. Um you know, I felt like I was going to hear Jive Turkey or something at any moment after that. But <laughs> um, it was just, it was just uh, I, I enjoyed that character because the character was so over the top. And, you know, so just everything that you could everything that you can imagine a mob boss being, but in a hilarious way, like not really threatening at all i mean i know they were scared of big mo but i mean really we're really scared of big mo um but you know the character was just phenomenal so yeah that that's one of mine i i have another one okay um well i'm going to give my second honorable mention to the apocalypse bus because what the freak (laughs) Randomly, when they're on their chase scene, there's a chase scene, and uh, Mr. Sumatra is in a car chasing after um, Big Mo, the leader of the Vipers, who has, you know, kind of kidnapped Sally and the girlfriend of Big Mo, and he's trying to get at them, you know. Um, and then all of a sudden, there's a bus that you think looks like a prison bus. And then you look, and it says like the apocalypse on the side of it. I forget, like like Billy's apocalypse or something. And then you inside, there it's like full of people and some pastor, and they're all like chanting about the apocalypse. And I'm like, what the heck? So yeah, and then they get run off the road, and you know, um, what are they? They get like what? It gets like the the bus gets like um, goes right into like the river, and they all die. And it's just, it's just like too much, it's just like too much, but in a good way. It's really funny. It's like during that chase scene, that was perfect. You know, it was the apocalypse bus. Um, yeah, do you have was, another one? 
That was right, right? That was like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> Where did um, that come from? Okay. Freddie. Um, he was so peculiar. Like, yeah. when they first met him. And, you know, he gives his whole name. And, and Tommy's like, do people really call you that? And he was like, well, you can just call me Freddie. And Tommy was like, thank God, <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not going to call you by your full um, name. But, I mean, you know, shout out to them for having that character in there, the way that it was presented. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times in those movies in the 80s and 90s, they would always present a young African American African American male character as a thug or yeah. as some type of other trope in terms of like this strong, you know, unbeatable force that, you know, whatever the horror movie is, that whatever the challenge is has to go through that black character first to prove its strength to show its dominance. So I'm really glad that they presented a different type of character for freddie because he he was different he was unique and i really enjoyed that so that's my that's my other one i, I just really like the way that they uh portray freddie in the movie 110 percent agree um when when freddie rolled up on the scene i was like oh no because i i thought the same exact thing that you said that i was like is this gonna be like like a thug character you know and then it wasn't it was just it was like he was his own character altogether like and he was a unique character in that um yeah. so yeah i think i i mean i i felt i felt worse that he got killed you know um of all of them um yeah. he was so like innocent you know um but definitely freddie gets an honorable mention um another honorable mention small small honorable mention but still gets one Mr. Sumatra being dressed like in that last in the last scene that he's at, where he's wearing like this like very sharp looking blue suit, some like oh, some yeah. shades, some like real dark shades, and like a hat. Like he almost looked like you know like Scott, like one of like you know, and or like one of the Mighty Mighty Boss tones. I was like, whoa, like Mr. Sumatra looking sharp. I was just like, good for like good for the um, costume designer getting like you know dressing him up like real sharp and real real cool you know especially at that time like that's you know it, it looks still looks cool like you know to my you know 2020 eyes but like you know to 1994 eyes he would have looked very cool too because he definitely like that music that kind of music was in you know at that time but yeah so shout out to at, that at any moment i was expecting a uh, blues brothers hit to uh to show because <laughs> He was looking very dapper and, you know, that was, yeah, I thought that was cool because, you know, I mean, we go through the whole movie and he's, I don't want to say he's dressed down, but he's just dressed for work most of the time. And yeah. to see him, you know, you know, all spiffy and looking sharp. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Very cool. Um, last one, Big Mo being a woman, you know, being a trans man, I thought was really forward for for the time um mm -hmm. because mr Sumatra. it's not like 
see, what I thought was going on was that they got, you know, a female actress to play a man. But actually, I was just like, because I didn't, I'm for 1990s, they wouldn't have a trans person in a movie, you know, or a trans character. Um, but they did. And so good, you know, good for them. Um, yeah. I thought that the, I thought that the, as I mentioned before, I mentioned it again. I thought the music in this movie was one of its strongest features. I think that if it didn't have the score and the Danny Elfman music, um, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't come off as whimsical as it does. And as like, as much of like a for real movie instead of like totally just be movie schlocky. Like it doesn't come off as schlocky as much because of the music. And, um, so yeah. And, um, I don't know. I, I've been kind of reading up on shrunken heads and doing my research on stuff like on, on, on this, um, before we even watched the movie, like before I came across the movie. Um, so I was happy to just on a personal note, I was very happy that um, it was sort of like, you know, synchronicity, like, oh, like I've been reading up on this and um, on the culture of the Kivaro tribes in Ecuador. And oh, look, now there's, you know, like a, a fun movie to, to be watched about it. And, and I was really glad about that. Um, so Jeff, Jesse, my <laughs> partner in horror, um, headstone rating how many oh, headstones man. i know right <sighs> i knew the question was coming but yeah i'm still not prepared for it um okay i'm going to give this one 4 out of 5 okay. headstones um, the only reason that I'm not giving it five is just the whole thing with Sa what was her name? Sally. Sally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's like the only thing that, that kind of gives me, that keeps me from going to a four and a half or even a five. Um, mm -hmm. but overall I thought it was just a really fun movie. Uh, it was very entertaining and that's really the point when we watch these we want to be entertained we want there to be a, a pretty good story to go along with it. and it had all those elements so um four out of five uh headstones for me okay uh would you get any aspect any part i'm sorry any part of this movie tattooed given the fact that i have a little bit of fear of a shrunken head um i probably wouldn't get that um but <laughs> this is going to sound <laughs> stupid. If I were to get anything and I have no idea why this sticks out, but the, the Wizzo thing. Oh, the candy, the candy. <laughs> like if I were to get anything, it'd be that. It's just because it's just That's so awesome. random. Um, that is so random. Yes. It is, but it's like one of those little minor details of a movie that for whatever reason sticks out and that one stuck out to me so so yeah um it, i would maybe get that as a tattoo which is strange for me yeah. to say but 
Um, so then, okay. So, so, then that, so then that would be a yes? Uh, yeah. Yeah, why not? I'll do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Just because it's so random. So uh, for you, headstone rating, what what did you think? Um, I would give it, I'm going to say uh, four and a half. Okay. I want to, and ooh, it's the, this is funny. What keeps me, <laughs> this is so random. What keeps me from giving it a five um, is um, like you, the whole ickiness with, you know, Sally and the going in her shirt and all that stuff. I don't know. No, thanks. You know, they could have lost that aspect and those, they could have lost that scene. You know what I mean? And, yeah. or just had the, or, or just had the head, like, you know, just kind of like, we can still embrace and have him like on her shoulder and like nuzzle up to her like that. You know what I mean? Like that would have been right. fine. You have to like have her open her shirt and she does that. And the other scene, remember like when Mr. Sumatra is like right behind her mm-hmm. and she like opens her shirt for Tommy's head to go into her shirt. I was like, that's, you know what? How about each of you gets a slap in the face? I mean, to the filmmakers, you know what I mean? For like being porquerias. And that's like, you know, Spanish for being disgusting. So like, I, I just I just can't with that. But um, the other reason is like I really the way that Big Mo talks, she was it sounded to me like like literally the way she spoke, sounded like the actress was like trying to do her best like almost like like seventies like Marlon Brando and The Godfather, but like kind of but not really you know like this kind of weird accent, and it bothered me. When she spoke, I, I wanted her to stop talking. <laughs> so, those are the reasons. I just like random, but like those are the reasons why I can't give it a full five. But yeah, four and a half because this movie is just so silly. I, I, it's just too much. <laughs> yes. And the big question: tattoo or no tattoo? Uh, I want to say tattoo because how cool would it be to have like the three heads? You know what I mean? Like, on my arm. Like, even, like, and, like, they don't have to be, like, big. You know, like, like little, like, little three heads. You know, that would, with the yeah. ponytails, that would be so funny. But at re- the same, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, it'd be really cool if you got the three heads and the ponytail was, like, all three tied together up at the top. <laughs> thinking like all three of them entwined at the top (laughs) Mm um yeah that would be cool um but at the same time i'm like i can't get that because this is like a west like this is like not a westernization but like kind of like a you know a silly movie bastardization of like an actual practice that people from the country that my family is actually from (laughs) so i can't like i can't you know like if i'm gonna get a two of like a shrunken head like you know i kind of feel like i would be better served to get like an actual depiction of like a real shrunken head but that being said i don't know i don't know jeff i i okay i have to answer maybe i will yeah i'd get a tattoo the three little heads each of them a neon a different neon color you know with like the ponytail applied yeah i get that it's a funny movie yeah just like a goof because it's a funny movie Yep, I'm getting yeah. the the Wizzo tattooed on me. <laughs> nice. Right, well, uh, this whoa, wait a minute. Last episode of season one, 
episode 20, the first time both of us, I think, the first time both of us have agreed to get tattoos of the movie. Yeah. Jeff. Wow. When you come to New New York, (laughs) I'm not kidding. I will get this done and you will get the Wizzo done. Is that a deal? That's a deal. I'm 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 okay. fine. I got I got limited space on my right arm because I have a lot of big tattoos on it, but mm-hmm. I can find I can I can scratch out a little a little nook. <laughs> I feel you know I feel like that's a really weird first tattoo for somebody because I don't have any. <laughs> oh, you um, don't have any. <laughs> I don't have any tattoos at the moment, so. Um, oh man. You know, obviously, I mean, you know my idea for what I really want yeah. as my first tattoo. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I. you know what? Why not? Why not? Why not, right? It'd be funny. <laughs> first tattoo? I'm like, what the heck is that, Jeff? Well, funny story. Um, you should watch this movie, Shrunken Heads. You probably won't even realize that this is in the movie, but it stuck out <laughs> to I me. Did. Yeah, but I did. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome! All right, high five, high five on that. Um, Virtual high five. Yeah, high five on that. Um, so, thank you to you for watching this film. I know, like I, it, I don't, I don't remember how I came across it. Thank goodness I did come across it. But yeah, when I texted it to you, I was, I had to tell, like, I, I was like, I have to actually text watch it, like the trailer, because I was like, just just the image on the link alone like if you were just to just look at that image like that's enough to make you giggle and be like what the and then i was like yeah. i want to make sure that he knows that he's got to watch the trailer because it's because this might be like a movie that must be seen and so yeah so thanks for thanks for agreeing and, and being open to that not a problem at all i'm glad i'm glad that you found it because this was this was a very fun movie to just kind of escape a little bit. So this this was really cool. I, I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Same here. So uh, we would, as always, like to thank you for listening to Movies to be Murdered by. You guys are awesome. Um, if you wouldn't mind, just a few like a few seconds. Click on, if you're on the Apple uh, podcast, um, click to rate on our show. Um, maybe even leave a comment. That would be great. We would really appreciate it. Um, if you're on any, if you're listening on any of the other platforms, I know that there's different ways to rate. Um, if you would please give us a rating, that would be awesome. We very much appreciate it. Um, so yeah, season two, we've got some fun things in the works and some big plans So stay tuned. Um, And as always, just keep wearing your masks. (laughs) I can't say that enough. Keep wearing your masks. Get out there, though, and have some fun doing something out in nature, because I think we all need some relief right now. And yeah. Uh, Jeff, anything? Anything you want to add? Yeah. Keep wearing those masks. it's not about you. It's about the other people um, that are around you. So even if you are one of those people who say, 
you know, I don't, I don't want to wear a mask. They're uncomfortable. They're this, they're that. Well, think about your fellow human beings that are around you that don't feel the way that you do. And um, a minor inconvenience to you could help stop the spread of this crazy, crazy disease and it could save a life. So, um, so yeah, think about other people when you're going out. Yep. Totally agree. So thanks so much, you guys. Have a great week. We'll be back next week to kick off season two. Um, not going to let you know what we're going to watch yet, but it'll be a good one. Yes, agreed. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>